You're listening to a message from Spindle City Vineyard. Connect with us or find out more at spindlecityvineyard.com. See you, and uh, my name is Perla. For those of you that don't know me, I'm part of the team that serves here at this wonderful family that we have here in this church. Uh, so welcome. Uh, we're going to be... Uh, there's so much, I think, that God is doing these days. Uh, we took a break from our journey through the whole Bible during the summer because we just felt that God wanted to speak specifically very special things. And I just want us to remember uh, that started with what it means to just go and share good news. Remember that it's just share the good news, whatever thing good happens to you. Just give God the glory and just get it out and share it with somebody. And then we had Joe, and what I saw in her is just this extravagant obedience. Remember saying just yes to God, no matter what. It's just an abandoned faith. And then last Sunday we had Imani, and she gave us a wonderful message yeah, from the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman. Do you remember that? How Jesus met her. And the main point of the whole message was Jesus is love and he sets you free. And he decided to reveal this to this woman that had five husbands. And it's not like today that I don't know, I was thinking about Elizabeth Taylor or celebrities, you know, like eight husbands, and you are like, okay, well. Um, but she explained how in that context, in the history, in the culture, being divorced meant being rejected. She didn't have the option. So this was a woman that was rejected at least five times. And by society, a woman didn't have any value. And Jesus comes and just reveals himself with such love and reveals very, very deep things to her. And I just thought, wow, I just saw God moving because today we're going to talk about worship and you'll see how everything comes together. And I come really, really just very humble because I was telling God, worship. <laughs> like Dan can talk wonders about worship and Imani can talk about worship. Uh, but he knows why he chose this, who, so I'm here to talk about worship. And I started thinking, uh, I don't know, maybe three, since three weeks ago, just, Lord, what is it that you want to speak about worship? So he, he just, I just sensed that he wanted us to know and to think about this question, what is worship? So in your own opinion, what do you think for you? What is worship? Like a gas station. Oh, that's deep. Yeah. Do yeah. you get with a tank empty and gets full? Yeah, he fills it up. That is a very deep image. Yes. Yes. Mm. <laughs> we are all, yeah, we come empty, and Jesus fills us up. Yes, that's wonderful, April. Yeah, somebody else? Are you ready? Reading the Bible, worship. Mm. 
Mm. Terry, reading the Bible. Yeah, the picture is like diving in his word, right? And you get the way out. Yeah, that's deep too. That's wonderful. Somebody else, what is worship? Meditating in his word. He gives you a word and you just get that, really just grab a hold of that, get it in your mind and think about it and think about it. Yes, that is worship too. Dancing, Jen. Yes, that is worship too when you dance for God, right? Have you been in a concert, any concert, any rock singer? Did you happen to jump up and down? Did you dance? Did you scream because you were so happy that you just couldn't help yourself? I always think about it. If you are like a, in a soccer match and you just scream because you're so happy or you go to a concert and I always think, how come we don't do that for Jesus? When we come together, uh, there's a point when his presence just comes and all of a sudden you just let go and just shout of joy and just dance. And that's an expression of worship too. Yes. Well, I, I'll ask, I ask my three kids just like, what is worship for you? And these are the answers. Okay. Good time which is wonderful because you feel so happy that, yeah, in his presence, you have a good time. Being happy, just smiling, you feel that presence. And praising God. Okay, those were the answers. So I started thinking, okay, we're going to be hearing from God about worship. How does worship look like? And many of you already gave some answers, like dancing, like meditating. In the word, I ask my kids too, and the answers are these. One said, singing. That is an expression of worship. Smiling. And I always sing, I always pray. I've shared here that I always pray at night for them. And one of them, when I pray, I try to get what God gives me, the picture that he gives me. And every time I pray those pictures over this child, she, I, the smile, yes. There's a huge smile there. And it's like, oh, that is, that is worship too. Yeah, just soaking his presence and accepting what he's doing in your life. Healing. One said healing. And I was like, oh, okay, that's deep. Yeah. When he heals, he gets the glory. And that's worship. And that's true. So I looked up the definition in a dictionary, and this is what I found. Worship is to honor or show reverence, to regard with great or extravagant respect, honor, or devotion. And I was like, oh, these are really big words. And the dictionary had an example and I didn't expect this example to be there because obviously, I don't know, what's the highest thing that you can worship, right? God. And the dictionary said, for example, the worship of the dollar. Oh. And I was like, oh, yeah, like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, I, that was very deep, like, okay, that the honor, the reverence, the respect, but it's extravagant. Um, and I was like, okay. There's something about this word, it is so, so deep, that God really gives us pictures and definitions and examples all through the Bible, and even today as he moves 
in every single church. It's his body. And I was thinking, wow, right now in the whole planet, somebody is meeting in this country, in the continent, and the whole planet, and they are worshiping the same Jesus that we worship. And somehow we are linked together by the Holy Spirit. And that's going on all the time because the planet rotates. So it's night somewhere, but it's going to be morning soon. And somebody is going to meet just that worship going on. And then the fact that it's going on in heaven too, 24-7. And we have no idea how that really looks like. We can only imagine how that looks like and how it feels. So I started thinking, like, okay, Lord, I know it, there's so much about this topic. And since we have Imani and we have Dan, like there's so many gifted ones that can talk about worship. What do you want us to learn today? And he gave me one verse, very, very clear. And it was confirmed by Imani last Sunday because the verse came from that same story. The woman at the well. And we heard the story, so he really set up the whole thing for today, how he came to this woman, he revealed himself to her, and at one point, he's explaining, like, you don't know who or where to worship, but I'm going to tell you a secret. I'm going to reveal you something that is going to be happening and is happening now, and that's in John 4, 23. This is the verse that he gave me, like, right away, out of nowhere. It says, But a time is coming and is already here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit, which means from the heart, the inner self, and in truth. For the Father, this is God, the Father seeks such people to be his worshipers. God is spirit the source of life, yet invisible to mankind. And those who worship him, that's us, must worship in spirit and truth. And when he gave me this phrase, like, in spirit and truth, I was like, whoa, okay, that's, that's like a lot. How, how does that look like? What do you mean by that? And he highlighted the fact that, yeah, there are two beings here, the worshipers and the Father. And Jesus is saying, wow, the Father is really looking for these true worshipers. He's seeking. And if you are to be a true worshiper, you must worship like this, in spirit and in truth. And that has stayed in my mind for this whole time. So I started thinking, okay, what is it to worship in the spirit? And he just reminded me, we are made of three parts, right? The body, the soul, and the spirit. When we give our lives to Jesus, Jesus comes and he brings his life in you. And that's what we call being born again. Because it's a new birth from, not from the body, not from the soul. It's a birth from the spirit. So the way I see it, it's the spirit, it's awakened. He wakes your spirit up. And when you are at that point that Jesus is in you and now you have the Holy Spirit in you, now you are able to wholly, your whole being, just worship him and honor him and love him. And it's just a new way. I don't know how many of you remember when you gave your life to Jesus. 
But I remember before, my time like before Christ, if I read the Bible, because I never read the Bible, but if I happened to read the Bible somewhere, I never understood a thing. Once I gave my life to Jesus, he gave me life. He made me a like re, be rebirth, or uh, I was born again, I would start reading the Bible and I would understand. Like, not like all the complicated things that we are still studying, but I would really get it when he would say, I am the truth and the life. Uh, or I set you free. Or this is what it means to love me. You obey me. And that would go deep in my spirit, like, whoa, I, I get it now. It was so different. So you are reborn, and you need that. So I started thinking, okay, so this is your whole being, being able to worship, true worshipers in spirit and in truth. And I started thinking, give me some expressions. How does that look like both in the Old Testament and the New Testament to worship? So in the Old Testament, we have, I started thinking how, worship looks like in the Old Testament, right? So we have all these sacrifices, for example. You are to bring like a lamb or a perfect animal, and you have to offer that as fragrant aroma before me. So it was a sacrifice made. Uh, he brought to mind Abraham with Isaac, like Complete obedience and complete trust, which remind me of Joe and her message. You're saying yes, because he so trusted God that he knew he was able to give Isaac back if needed. But yes, here it is. So deep, deep obedience, trust. Yes, and he provided this sacrifice, right? Yes, yes. But it's all this giving. Somehow it involves giving something to God, right? And then he brought to mind David. And there are many examples, but David came to mind with all the mess in his life and all the decisions. Still, he loved God. And the way he expressed his worship to God was writing poems or songs. So I was remembering, okay, this is like when you are in love, right? And for me, worship is like that. Uh, at least in Latin America, when you are in love or in my mom's times, they would like hire this group of mariachis or guitars and they would come at night and play for the lady and sing. I don't know if that happened here in the past or you see movies. They still, they still do. Okay, I imagine David doing that and sometimes I picture that when we are here singing to him. Like this is like our love. We are singing you our love. We are just loving you with our songs. And David was like that. He would ride and play the harp or whatever with the sheep, but it was just trying to express his love to God. And that was the, his way of expressing worship. That was worship to him, right? And then he wrote things, amazing things like this. I just took one example because there are many Psalms, but Psalm 66 says this, okay? He's really inspired. He's just pouring his heart out, and he says, All the earth bow down to worship you in submissive wonder, and we'll sing praises to you. They will praise your name in song. And we still do that. All the earth 
And there's something in the songs. It's not the same as reading a poem. You might be talented to write God a poem. But singing songs helps a lot. It helps me to express what I don't find words sometimes. And there's a song like, oh, this is really where I'm at. And just express your song. Another example of David, and this is maybe a favorite of Jen, because she said, dancing, it's an expression. And I love this picture all the time, okay? We have David in all the history that he has, good and bad decisions. There's, there's this time when he's ringing the ark where the presence of God dwells, and he's moving it from one city to another. And I just imagine him, he, it says that he's dressed in priestly garment, it, but he's a king, which is interesting. And I just pictured, uh, Dan is from England, but I just picture, okay, the former queen or the actual king when they dress, like very ceremonially. Can you picture them dancing in front of everybody? Right, like, I know. I, well, I was like, it's more or less the same, like, that situation, just imagine the king, because we are so used to reading this, but if we transfer that to reality in the present time, our present time, I don't imagine King Charles dancing and twirling in front of everybody. But it says, in Second Samuel, says this, David, ceremonially dressed in priest's linen, was dancing before the Lord with great enthusiasm and danced with great abandon before God with shouts of joy and trumpet blasts. So this was not a choreography that he rehearsed, right? Like maybe a pretty dance or a valse or something. Okay, the Bible says that maybe twirling and jumping and his garments would go up and down in a way that his wife, when his wife saw him, he was like, what? he's crazy. And really just, yeah, he, she was mean. But David said, I don't care. I don't care what you think. I don't care if the servants saw my underwear. I was dancing before the Lord because he's worthy. And I just thought, okay, true worshipers, there has to be a time when you are in his presence, that everybody else disappears. And just like David, you are singing what it's called an audience of one. And when you are before him, what do you do? When you are maybe in your privacy, in the bedroom, in your home, how do you worship him? You are just before him. How do you express how much you love him. So then I was thinking, okay, so that is true worship, okay, even in the Old Testament. So what about the New Testament? And I thought, well, you, can, you don't expect us to sacrifice animals anymore as we've done that stuff when Jesus came. He became the ultimate sacrifice, the Lamb of God. And because of him, we have life. And we get to know the Father. And we get to worship him. And now the sacrifice changed somehow. He told the woman, you now worship in spirit and in truth. Right? So I thought, okay, what about from the very beginning, the first picture that I have, when baby Jesus was born, he came as a baby, we had the wise men. Right? 
And they came a long way because the Bible says they just wanted to worship him. So it's like, okay, how was the way that they expressed this? That's in Matthew 2. They came into the house and they saw Jesus as a baby with his mother Mary. And they fell down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented to him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. So I just thought, okay, this is an attitude that starts in your heart. And somehow it gets expression physically. So you can just, you don't know what to do, just bow down. And you just worship somehow, right? And from that attitude comes the, I want to give you something. It starts from the inside and it goes to the outside. And then I thought, okay, continuing with this picture of sacrificing, Romans 12, it gets deeper. This is Paul, a person that loved Jesus, was changed by Jesus, and he was beaten, he was shipwrecked, he was stoned, he was left for dead, and in this case, he was thrown into jail after he was beaten with a friend. So this is not like, okay, this is a happy life. It's perfect, no problems at all. It's, not, it's the opposite, right? He's in jail, and somehow he has this love that anchors his life, his love for Jesus. And he starts doing this. This is what we see. This is in jail, Paul. Uh, oh, okay, let me see. I got a little bit ahead. It's Acts 16. But about midnight... When Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns, so they are praying and worshiping, they are singing praise to God, and the prisoners were listening to them, so everybody's listening, suddenly there was a great earthquake, so powerful that they, the very foundation of the prison were shaken. And at once, all doors were opened. And everyone's chains were unfastened. That's an expression. And when I was reading that, I just had this sense that this is for us today too. As you express your worship, God also expresses himself. In this case, the expression was setting them free. And it was at midnight, they were in prison, and all were listening to them. And there was this earthquake. And I was reading this morning again, or last night too, even last night. And I just remember how he has been giving me this image of earthquake. Like a lot of us right now are going through situations, through circumstances. It feels overwhelming. It feels like it's shaking from every point, right? Like the floor is moving. And he gave me these days this picture that why earthquakes happen is because the plates are moving under the ground, right? And I just felt that, okay, don't be afraid of the shaking. It's, I'm realigning your ground. And in that new way of realignment, there's going to be a new level of worship and relationship with him. And in the shaking, there's going to be freedom. So whatever you are going through, because we've been praying for so many things for many of us, I just felt the prison doors are going to be open, and freedom is going to be released. You just worship. You are his true worshiper. And I just felt like we really encourage you 
whatever you are going through. This week, try to just play music, try to dance, try to sing to him, write him poems, whatever it is, and just tell him, I, I just want to worship, and you open the doors of the prison, and you shake the earth, and you bring freedom for what I need. You bring the healing that I need. I just felt that he was giving this so clearly for us today. So this worship, Romans 12, gets deeper. It's not only giving something like an animal or just bringing a song to him. The St. Paul that we saw in prison said this, I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies, that's one part of our being, dedicating all of yourselves, set apart as a living sacrifice. So now it's not an animal. Jesus gave us life. We are supposed to be that very living sacrifice to him. Holy and well-pleasing to God, which is your rational, logical, intelligent act of worship. So we have our mind, and we have body, we have soul, and we have spirit. And all of us, all our being, it's supposed to be that living sacrifice that we bring before him every day. And I love this same um, verse in the message because I was thinking, you are really saying worship, it's our everyday life. Everything you do can be worship to God. And the message says this. I just love the translation. So here's what I want you to do, God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life. Take your sleeping, your eating, your going to work, and walking around life, and place it all before God as an offering. And that's worship. Just bring yourself to God. And I was thinking, whoa, okay. That's a new level of worship. Like, and I've been sensing worshiping him, it's more than singing. Worshiping, it's Monday's getting up, and it's hard to get up because you didn't get any sleep, and you have to go to work, but you say, okay, Lord, here we go, take this. And that's worship to him, and he accepts it. When you wake up to change a diaper at 2 a.m., that is worship to him. When you don't sleep because you, there are so many troubles, okay, but Lord, I have you, here it is. That's worship. It's just your everyday life. Like every breath, you're sleeping and you're waking up. And I was like, okay, this is, this is a new level. What true worshipers are, what you are really looking for, and this is the Father's heart. This is a living sacrifice. So, at the beginning I asked, what is worship to you? After what God has been showing, now, what's your definition of worship? It's everything. It's everything. And you can start thinking, and I started thinking, how can I worship you every day? 
And this week, he really taught me because <clears throat> there are many things going on. So many things going on. Um, as we pray for families and also for myself, I just felt there's a lot of heartache. Like people that we loved in, in our personal life, we have many people that we really, really love that are moving away. And my mom going back, and these circumstances are so tricky. But then I thought, I'm not the only one. There are many people that are going through heartache in some way in here in our family, lack of sleep for any reason. And I just was feeling this uh, sadness. And I just sensed the Holy Spirit saying, what is it that I'm teaching you? Okay, just be a true worshiper. And he has this sense of humor that he speaks really deep truths to me, either in the bathroom or in the kitchen. <laughs> so I was in front of the stuff when this just came, and I'm like, oh, yeah, you're right. Okay, so in any word, like in any situation that you are, with your own words, that's what I did. Like, okay, Lord, take these emotions that I'm feeling, because there are many emotions. Like, I'm, I'm grieving because they are leaving. I'm sad because she left, and I'm feeling all of this. If this is worship to you, take it. Like, here it is, in front of the stove. Just take it. I offer it to you. And then I thought, okay, the reasons why I'm feeling this, what is causing this, just take it. It's my worship to you. And just take it. And something just clicked. I did that, and there was this peace. And I just felt like that is what happens. In the spirit, when you worship like this, something breaks. The spiritual realm shakes. And things happen. And you get to see it. So I just felt that that was the invitation that he wants for all of us today. That you want to be a true worshiper. Whatever is it that you're going right now, what you are feeling because of those situations, and those very situations, we are going to respond. And you and I are going to just react and respond, Father, as a father, you are seeking me as a true worshiper. Here are my situations. And I start mentioning the situations, this and this and this. Here are my emotions. I'm feeling this and this and this. I just put it before you in this spiritual altar, and I ask you, just come. So I'm going to invite you to maybe stand up. And Holy Spirit is already working. He's telling you, yeah, this, I want you to give me this emotion this situation and this circumstance. We're going to take the time to lay it all down before him, before going ahead. So I want you to close your eyes and if you feel comfortable, I want you to extend your hands because that I just felt that I brought my emotions and my situations and extended my hands as 
are saying, here it is. Just you take it from me. Okay? And we are going to be doing that. Holy Spirit. Here we are. We want to be true worshipers. We want our whole life to be an act of worship to you, that you smile when you see us on Monday, that you smile when you see us on Wednesday night or Friday. So take over, Holy Spirit. We bring to you this sacrifice. Start praying, start telling him, take all of the most.